How many games can this Utah football team win without their star players on offense? You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, thank you for helping us to reach 550 subscribers on our YouTube channel. Love interacting with you guys and can't thank you enough for your continued support of Lockdown Utes and helping us to be your first listen every single day. For those of you that are watching on YouTube, you might notice a little bit of a different background. I'm out of town visiting family, going to be back in the original setup by the end of the week. So appreciate all of you for bearing with the slight change, but still going to be the same format and content. One small change today is I'm going solo. I can't remember the last time I went solo, but there's a lot to talk about for this one. So I decided you guys get just a full 30 minutes of me and hopefully you stick around for all of that and not the great guests I'm usually able to have on for this show. But my name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. On today's show, we're going to be breaking down some of the tape from Utah's offensive and defensive performances against Washington State. But first, I want to start by just talk about what this offense can do without their best players. And I say their best players, I should say their best players coming into the season, because coming into the season, if you had asked defensive coordinators, who are the players that they are looking to stop and just really game plan against when you're going in to play the Utes, it would be Cam Rising, Tavion Thomas, Dalton Kincaid, and Brant Keithy. Yes, we all thought Devon Vele would break out. Mackay Bernard has done a really good job this year. But those four I mentioned, Keithy, Kincaid, Thomas, and Rising, those are the four guys that were the marquee names coming into the season. Of course, this Utah team lost Keithy a while back now, all the way back at that Arizona State game, the first game of Pac-12 play. But you look at the game against Washington State, and yes, Dalton Kincaid played most of the game, wasn't able to finish it. But no Tavion Thomas, no Cam Rising. If you told me coming into the season that going into the game at Washington State, those four players I mentioned either wouldn't play in the game or wouldn't finish the game, the combination of all of them, I wouldn't have thought there was a way Utah would get a win in that situation because those just seemed like too critical of pieces to be missing. You don't miss your star running back, your top two pass catchers, and of course your star quarterback and win games in the Pac-12. And that's exactly what Utah was able to do. It's a testament to the depth of this team and the, really the program that Kyle Whittingham has built. We know what a high-level Utah recruits at, and it was on full display on Thursday night as it really is every Saturday as this team continues to step up. Look, the last time we saw this Utah team before the Washington State game, we saw them, Cam Rising and Dalton Kincaid, really had to put this team on their back and help them get the wins. And then this one, it was the rest of the team, specifically the defense, I'll even say, that really stepped up in those guys' absence. And I guess Dalton did finish the game out, but as I mentioned, didn't get to finish it late. And we're really able the defense really stood strong and was able to get this one done. So I think the question is because look, coach Whittingham and his staff, they keep this stuff very tight knit, closed ship, whatever you want to call it, that information doesn't leak. So we don't know how severe, how bad the injuries are. Now we do know this cam practiced all of last week. And then just right before the game, much to the dismay of Fox sports, 
said he wasn't going to be able to play in this. He said he just didn't feel right, wasn't going to be able to give it a go. I have all the confidence in the world of Cam Rising as a warrior and a competitor, so I'm not here for any talks of him being a bad teammate. I think he wasn't able to go, and I think he made a decision that helped the team, honestly, because if you're that injured and that hurt, and he, which is the point he probably was at, or maybe you take one hit and you're not the same, then you could be doing more harm than good for your team out there. So totally understand Cam opting to do what's best for what he felt like was best for the team and best for himself as well, because in that situation, you just don't want to put yourself in a position where you could hurt and really compromise this Utah team long-term. And I think him, Coach Witt, the rest of the staff, they had confidence in Bryson Barnes, and it's easy to see why he went out there and absolutely stepped up and balled out. So in terms of this Utah team going forward, how many games can they win without their star players? Because we still don't know when Tavion's going to be back because of the things he's dealing with. And yet we have no idea on Dalton Kincaid as well. The shoulder injury Look, it looked like a nasty one. We died. We don't have an update, so we'll have to wait for tomorrow to see how long of the length of time is he going to be out for. But at the moment, even if it is a couple games. So if those guys didn't play, and I'll say, I, I do expect Cam to play against Arizona and then Stanford and just the rest of the games this season. I think Cam was really close to going and just didn't feel 100% right, but I think he'll be back and ready to go at Rice-Eccles this coming Saturday. So I do think Cam would be back. But let's say Cam wasn't, and let's say Tavion Dalton aren't back. I genuinely believe this Utah team would finish the season 3-1. and one. Obviously, you lose to Oregon if you don't have Cam rising. And look, if they don't have Dalton Kincaid back by the Oregon game as well, it's going to be hard-pressed for, I think, a lot of people to pick the Utes to win that game when you're missing such a critical component to your offense and you saw how it's not just cam's favorite target he was bryson's favorite target as well for most of this one as he continued to look dalton's way and how can you not look dalton's way he's an absolute monster out there catches everything creates separation breaks tackles it's a total package in a tight end and just an absolute freak at the position so hopefully he's back soon obviously a phenomenal player in person as well but looking at this team if it was just bryson leading the helm, Jaquindon, Jalen Glover in the backfield. Um, I would say I think Makai is pretty close to being healthy, so I'm not going to factor him in with all the other injuries here. So Makai would be healthy in this one. And it, let's say Dalton doesn't play. Now, look, Thomas Yasmin, obviously no Dalton Kincaid by any stretch of the imagination, but I still think a capable pass catcher and I think would be able to get some more of those opportunities and be able to create yards for this Utah team is I, we talked about the receivers as well, the job they've done breaking out. I think they would take on a larger role in the passing game. How about Devon Bailey? I mentioned him a little bit ago, but doesn't catch a pass the entire game. And then the last catch is his catch. He gets the third down conversion that ices the game for the Utes. He's come up clutch so many times this season. So great to see him. I mean, he was basically just out there blocking and didn't see a lot of targets his way either. So great to see him be able to get more involved in the offense late and make the critical play that sealed the win for them. But as I mentioned, I think those receivers would step up. We saw Money Parks and Jalen Dixon both make two of the most explosive plays from this Utah offense in the game with Jalen having that incredible catch and Money doing what he does, creating that separation downfield. And it was a beautifully thrown ball by Bryson as well. And Bryson is a huge reason I think this team can win, would be able to win their next two games, that being against Arizona this Saturday and then the following Saturday, Stanford. I do think Utah would go 2-0 and in those because of how good Bryson Barnes is and the command he has over this offense. We know he's not scared of the moments. When you go in to the Rose Bowl and do what he did in that situation – you can take on pretty much anything. I mean, Bryson Barnes, his confidence must is obviously through the roof. And I hope I would think most of you know how difficult it is just when you 
are the backup all week. And then all of a sudden you get told you're going to be a starter, but that is one of the just 20 minutes before as well. That is just, I can't even understate how difficult that is. What a shift that is everything, because of course you prepare every week, like you're a starter, but you're not the starter. So it's still going to be a little different. So just an absolute crazy set of circumstances. And it's so amazing that Bryson was able to step up and perform as he did. Was he perfect? No, he's not cam rising. There's a reason he's the backup quarterback, but he made a number of plays. Um, how about the one how, utilizing his legs as well, recognizing no one was open downfield, saw things break open up the middle and took off for 28 yards. Already mentioned the throw to money, did a good job getting this offense set and in position and delivered a couple other critical throws that helped the youths be able to hold on and get that 24 to 17 win that, really kept their season alive. This is one Utah needed to have, and we all talked about it being a trap game. And obviously, look, if I had known Cam Rising wasn't going to play in this one, I would have picked Washington State to win full transparency. I mean, we were already talking about what a trap game this was with Cam Rising in there. So how with him out was I not going to do that? Because I think that point it would have just been disrespectful to Washington State. But hey, that's what Utah did is they went in there and they beat up on Cam Morton. All the credit in the world to this team. But as I mentioned, this Utah offense, I think, would be able to win their next two games. And it also speaks to two things. Number one, the home field advantage, right? Both these games coming up at Arizona comes to Rice-Eccles and then Stanford comes to Rice-Eccles as well. And Utah hasn't lost at home since 2018 with a true home crowd. Yes, 2020, they lost, but there were no fans in there. That's what the home field advantage is, is that roar you get on third down, the must jumping up and down on third down, or just even on first and second down, you have to go to silent count because the offensive line and the communication, you can't even hear each other talking. These are all things that are really critical and matter and things that would give the Utes the edge. Also, Stanford and Arizona. Look, they're just not that good this year. Look, and I know Arizona, yes, they kept it close against USC, but look at what they've been throughout the majority of their season. And I think Utah would be able to win with Bryson. But as I mentioned, I think Cam will come in there anyways. This Both Arizona and Stanford are giving up over 200 yards, are averaging giving up over 200 yards on the ground and through the air. And I do think that's something Utah would be able to would be able to exploit with Bryson in there and will definitely be able to exploit with Cam in there. And then... I said for the entire season, right? So if let's say Cam and those guys didn't play, yes, I think they would lose at Oregon. That's a really good team and a well-deserving top 10 team that has looked outstanding since their early season loss to Georgia. Bo Nick's playing some really good football right now. And then look, I think, I even think of Nate, I'm just going to be honest. I think if Nate Johnson in his first college start went out against Colorado, just the way that team is shaped right now, I think Utah would win. So I definitely think Bryson Barnes would be able to go in there and get a win. No offense, Colorado fans, just not your year. But as I mentioned, three and one for this Utah football team going forward. If Cam Rising, Tavion Thomas, Dalton Kincaid, and the rest of those guys don't play another game. But I do expect them to play again. And I think this Utah team is going to be in a good position to make a run at the Pac-12 championship because, look, they pretty much need to win out unless they need – I think some crazy help could happen in a way for them to get in if they didn't win out. But you can – Get in almost assuredly. I think there's a couple weird scenarios that they actually couldn't. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, but there's a couple weird scenarios that would allow this Utah football team to get in with a loss. But the best way to do it is Al Davis said at best, just win, basically. So let's see what this Utah team can do. And it's going to be exciting because we know this is a really good football team. When you can win without your best players, that's what you are. So I'm excited to see what this Utah football team continues to do stepping up going forward. And if you guys feel as good about this Utah football team going forward as I do, then you should head over to Bet Online. Bet Online has you guys covered with the best odds, lines, and news in the sports gambling world. Bet Online has you covered in look, 
we know the MLB World Series going on, get winding down on that. NBA season starting to heat up a little bit, early regular season play. And, of course, all the glorious college and NFL football that you guys desire. There are fantastic lines out there on Bet Online. The Utes are already heavily favored versus the Wildcats. And I'm going to feel pretty good about this Utah team because, as I mentioned, I think Cam Rising is coming back, and I think he's going to be excited to get back into Rice-Eccles. And, look, Cam Rising loves to play football. And why would you not be fired up to do it against a – thousands of fans screaming in your favor that are going to be very excited to see you go out there and do your thing. So look, I obviously like the Utes in that one. And we're going to talk about that line as well as a lot of these angles in these games. And we'll have our best big game bet segment for you later in the week brought to you by bet online. But if you guys want to look at and kind of get a feel on a lot of those odds early, make sure you head over to bet online today and check those out. Also want to make sure you guys go over and check out locked on's newest podcast locked on today where they t- experts there take you around the biggest stories in sports in a daily format, super short in this one. Make it your second listen every day. It's locked on sports. It's locked on sports today. So locked on sports today. It's available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you guys head over and listen to locked on sports today. So jumping back in and talking about this Utah football team, we talked about what they could do going forward, but let's talk about the reason I feel so confident in what they could do going forward. And that's obviously the offense's performance against Washington state with Bryson Barnes. And we had Dante Guardia back on the show last on the show last Thursday or Friday when it came out, we recorded on Thursday to break down all the action, but it deserves revisiting in a deeper lens as I decided to dive into the film a little bit and see a couple of things that really impressed me. And I spoke to one of them a little bit, but man, I was just so impressed with Bryson Barnes. I mean, just to come in in that situation and be able to deliver some of those big time throws, the one to money parks in particular, as well as delivering a couple other critical balls for use using the legs as well. A couple times, the moment was not too big for him. Did he play great? No, he's a backup quarterback who was told he was starting 20 minutes before has to deal with all that mind completely racing I'm sure and look he stepped up he's cold-blooded all those things the pig pig farmer gets it done but so impressed with Bryson once again just going back and watching it how well he played you know also I gotta give a shout out to because I've been critical of them all season long and they did not play a great game but it's once again improvement and I thought they did a pretty good job the O block. I thought the offensive line for Utah, well, yes, they gave up a sack. I believe it was Paul Miley got out of position one time and should have seen the blitz coming in. But look, he, he made a mistake. It was one sack. If you give up one sack every game, that's not bad to me. I know in this, you we're used to this team giving up zero sacks, but one sack in the grand scheme of things for a college offensive line is not bad, especially when you play a defensive line like Washington State or just a Washington State front seven, I should say, that had 20 sacks coming into this game, which is a very impressive number, I might add. So for the O block, um, they were good in pass protection. I thought the running game was where they were really strong. They did a really good job a couple of those times helping spring come some of those longer runs for Jaquindon Jackson, Jalen Glover, I thought the double teams were what was really much improved for me. You know, in zone blocking as well as stretch blocking, double teams are so critical. Zone blocking, it's stepping vertically straight ahead, trying to move one guy and then wait and work to that second level of the linebacker. And then whatever side they come off at, you come off. It's just that's very reactionary thing. It's something that you can draw it up a number of ways. But because of the shifts in defenses you see and just the movement post-snap, it becomes very difficult to block and stretch blocking is very similar because you're trying to wait on your buddy to get over in time as you try to hold up, but you also need to make sure you 
hightail it and get to that second level. And that's just something that seemed like the communication, the chemistry between the offensive line has really grown and it really benefited this Utah team. So it was a lot of fun to watch them be able to find that success and have one of their stronger games on the season. I really thought speaking of stronger games, Jaquindon Jackson and Jalen Glover are both just getting more comfortable in this offense. Look, Jay, we'll start with Jalen because obviously running backs is more natural position, but I felt like he was just seeing things clear, had that huge catch on third down for Utah that helped them move the chains and also was able to punch one in. And look, with Makai dealing with the injuries, he he played a little bit, but mostly in pass protection and ran it a couple times, but you could tell he just wasn't right in this one. Jalen was the number one guy, and I thought he played incredibly well and just looks more comfortable in this offense as he continues to go along on the season. Also, Speaking of just comfort, Jaquindon Jackson is really settling in nicely. It's so much fun to see Bryson and Jaquindon out there together. Also, love you guys know I'm a huge proponent of the Jaquindon Wildcat. Just now, it's a Wildcat basically. I just we used to just call it the Jaquindon package when he was just a quarterback for this Utah team, and he's a guy I just love seeing out there because he can do so many spectacular things. His, as I said on Thursday, last Thursday's show. His or Friday, his spin move he had late in that game. And I know he, he, he kind of fumbled it. It was kind of on him, kind of on Bryson. Uh, Logan Kendall missed a block. He never misses a block. All, all that has to factor in and matter. But before that, the spin move he had is just incredible. There's only so many guys that can make a move like that in a split second, an instant, and make someone miss. And he just has that ability. Also ran a couple guys over as well as he um, caught a couple bodies. I don't know if you guys were able to catch that. So really fun and enjoyed that too. And it's just so great to continue to see Jalen Dixon and Money Parks continue to make huge plays for this offense. Solomon is getting back involved. It was a nice touch for Utah too. And yeah, I love the game plan from Andy Ludwig as well. I thought he had to adjust on the fly without Cam a little bit. You're not going to run as many quarterback runs, obviously, on those critical downs. But Bryson was willing to get in there and mix it up. And I thought he did a good job when it was called for. And 24 points may not seem like a ton after you put a 42 before. But when you have when everything changes so quickly, I think it is a really good sign. And as I mentioned going into this one, I wanted to see those improvements from the running game and the offensive line in particular. And I felt like I really saw that, which leaves me encouraged because I think the those groups have the opportunity to continue to build their confidence as well, going against the Wildcats and the Cardinal who don't have as good defensive lines or just front sevens, even as Washington state. So it's one of the reasons I expect this Utah team to continue to find and have that success. And uh, depending on what happens with Tavion, I really think the running game can be not as strong as it was last year, but capable because it's so dependent on the offensive line. They're the ones that create the holes. A running back can only break so many tackles. So to see this progress from the offensive line, I think is a really encouraging sign. It's something I'm excited to continue to watch moving forward is this Utah football offense is becoming closer and closer to becoming more complete. And I think Cam Rising coming back next week, potentially Dalton Kincaid, potentially Tavion Thomas would really be able to help that. But I was just encouraged turning on the tape, seeing those good performances and seeing this team really step up when they were without their best players on offense. So shifting over to the defensive side of the ball. And one thing I should mention is I've been talking so much about the offensive players and um, how this off Utah offense will be without them. This Utah defense without RJ Hubert was, is going to be interesting. Something to watch going into the first half of the wild of the game versus the wildcats this Saturday, because he will miss it off a targeting call. I didn't agree with it. Shocking. <laughs> I also didn't agree with the one that ended up helping Utah, I should say, as well. I just feel like in that situation that, look, the guy's just going in to make a tackle. There's nothing malicious like that. He's not launching with the helmet forward. He just ends up 
because of the way the body's positioned with Jaquindon. That's just how it ended up happening. Split second, heat of the moment. That's not how I should see it. I know Mike Pereira was on Fox saying, by the letter of the law, this is targeting in both instances. But I just felt like in those situations, those are just players making football plays that aren't really to hurt someone. They're not malicious and they're not what the targeting rule was instated for. That's where I wish they wouldn't have been called in both those instances, but we don't live in that reality. So um, Sione Vaki obviously did a fantastic job. Clayton Isabel is at a huge play at the end of the game. He was the one on third down that broke up, um, that came in and just hit Cam Ward right as he was going to throw the ball on that third down for the Utes that really helped them close the game out and help make sure they couldn't get one last effort at getting a first down to try to score a touchdown because they had to settle for the field goal. And then, of course, Utah was able to ice the game in the long run after the pass to Devon. But that was really the last opportunity there for this Washington State offense. It felt like after the Utah defense was able to really take care of business in that situation. So shout out to those guys, Vaki, as well as Isabel for stepping up late for this Utah team. You know, a couple other guys that stepped up. Um, I called out kind of the defensive line, the front seven. Um, and obviously those guys listen to the show and really care about what, what I think in that regard. But um, I was so impressed with those guys. I thought they did a really good job responding this week, um, containing the Washington state rushing attack. No, it's not potent, but you still didn't let them go off. So still credit there. Anytime you can stop the running game. I think that's a positive. Also did a good job getting pressure. Cam Ward was under duress a lot. And I know we talked about last week how technically Utah got pressure against USC, but it wasn't really the kind of pressure you really look for or hope for because it came after five seconds and even after three seconds. And you've got to get that pressure in that initial three seconds because whenever you're blocking or whenever you're covering Three seconds feels like an eternity out there. So when you get upwards of five or even eight, it's just like, that's just impossible to be able to do anything after that. Cause you can only react and keep up with someone so long when they have an entire field to work with and coverage. And then from a pass blocking standpoint as well, like it's just at some point, and yes, I understand offensive linemen are really good, especially the Trojans ones were, but you just at some point have to be able to get around your man after that length of time. And Utah was able to do that quickly. Jonah Ellis created a ton of pressure. You can see his athleticism. Um, Lightning McQueen, I am speed, as he calls himself, or whatever it is. Um, he was incredible in that regard. Van Fillinger had a really nice sack after um, Junior Jafuna made a huge play for this Utah team, as he's done all season in the run game. Um, they were kind of trying to read him and he was able to get to the outside and get a huge tackle for loss. Or actually, they weren't even trying to read him. He was just able to beat his blocker and get to the outside and just made a play on the running back in space that you just don't see a lot of defensive tackles able to make that play. You see a lot of defensive tackles hold their guy up until the more athletic linebackers fly over and make that. But Junior, being a former linebacker, he's able to make those kind of plays. And Van had a huge strip sack. After he came in late on, a, I believe, I can't remember if it was a fourth down or a third down off the top of my head right now, but great bend around the edge by Van there. That's something he struggled with a little bit on the season. He was a strong rip as well to get around, able to create that strip stack. That was a play I thought we'd see Van make all season. And look, he really got going in that kind of November and then December range a little bit as well. And I think that's what he'll be able to do this year for this Utah team, which is going to be really exciting. Connor O'Toole, Gabe Reed also made plays. Samote Pepa, Aliki Vaimahi. All those guys, really strong games for them as they really frustrated Washington State. And I felt like Utah's success in the trenches. And I also got to mention uh, Mahamud Diabate as well as Karene Reed because both those guys were in there making plays in the front seven. They, Utah barely missed any tackles in this game, it felt like. And they had 
it felt like 12 hats flying to the football, obviously only 11, but I was so amazed by the effort from this Utah defense. And I felt like they really stepped up and responded to the challenge that they had knowing Cam wasn't going to play. And they said they trusted Bryson. And of course you're going to trust Bryson, but you don't trust him as much as you trust Cam Rising because he's not your starting quarterback. So great to see this defense step up. Diabate played arguably his best game as a Ute, I would say, as well as a couple of the other defensive linemen. Like Connor O'Toole was really strong in this one, I thought. Um, other guys like Gabe Reed, the veterans, those guys were consistent, but I was really impressed by them. Uh, Secondary-wise, it wasn't the strongest game from the Utes' corners, I felt like. Just got beat in a couple plays. Um, Clark got a little confused on the cross-up deep for the first touchdown for Washington State. JT Broughton got beat a couple times, too. But overall, they still held in there and made a number of plays. It was just discouraging kind of early on to see some of those earlier plays not go their way. Also got to shout out Utah Special Teams. How about able to capitalize on the muff punt and set the Utes up with a short field in that scenario? So obviously the much maligned special teams, and I know they missed the early field goal, but let's be a little positive (laughs) and talk about at least they were able to have the success on – those situation where they were able to capitalize and get a huge turnover for this team. But um, yeah, defensively, as I mentioned for this Utah team, just really impressed with the pass rush. I also thought they did a really good job getting creative with the blitzes. Um, did a good job bringing that double linebacker blitz, the a gap, Corene Reed and Diabate just flying in there, creating havoc. The twists and stunts were also really effective for this Utah group. And I think as they kind of got in the second half as well, I thought their coverage even tightened up more so, which was impressive to see for this team. And something that's exciting going forward is the things I wanted to see in this one. I mentioned encouraging steps from the offensive line, the run game, as well as the front seven. And I saw both those things. And Utah was able to win without their starting quarterback, who they weren't even prepared to play without and didn't know that was going to be a possibility until 20 minutes before. So got to be encouraged by what this Utah football team was able to do last Thursday. And the tape for me only reaffirmed that. So exciting opportunity for this Utah team now going into their game against Arizona, the Arizona Wildcats this Saturday. Can't wait to see you guys out there as well as just continue covering this team this week. It's going to be fun. We're going to hear from Coach Witt, hopefully get a couple injury updates, maybe hear what's going on with Tavion as well. would love to have him back with this group and hear just what he thought after watching the film as well. I'm sure there will be a couple of things that he noticed that I didn't. So I'm excited to look into and see what those will all be too because – this is getting into this time of year, November. The first college football rankings actually come out Tuesday, so it's going to be fun to check out and see what those results end up yielding for the Utes as well as just seeing what the rest of the season is because this is when it gets turned up. Obviously, only two, three weeks, two games, but three weeks until we get to Oregon, which is going to be absolutely exhilarating and one of the best games of the college football season potentially, although it has a hard, tough task living up to that USC game we already saw, but – going to be fun so make sure you guys keep it here at locked on utes all week make sure you go follow me at jt wister still as well and uh have some fun guests lined up for you the rest of the week but appreciate you guys listening to me going solo something i haven't done a lot of this year if you guys would like to hear me go solo a little bit more let me know in the comments as i'll try to do that a little bit more but i'd be lying if i said i didn't like having a lot of the guests and friends I have come on because I do think there are so many people who do a fantastic job covering this team in the Utah market that I love being able to spotlight them as well as work with and pick their brains because there are so many great minds in this market. And uh, I appreciate you guys just listening to this podcast and supporting this show as well as their content whenever I, I do have them on. So before I get you guys out of here, want to remind you to make your second listen every day locked on sports today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. 
That's Locked On Sports Today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you guys have an amazing Monday and look forward to seeing you later this week on Locked On News.